0: It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Yo, welcome back to the Fantasy Points Podcast. I'm Graham Barfield, here as I am every week with my good buddy, Edwin, Porus, um, Edwin, you have had some some mic issues. We've had some uh, ZenCaster crap out on us once. We've had a fire truck come past. Uh, we're off to a guns blazing start here uh, at ten thirty in the morning. It's Friday. Happy Friday, everybody! I hope you guys are having a great week wherever you're listening to us. Whether it's at the gym in the car, uh, if you're you know just grinding through this week six NFL slate, we appreciate you. And we appreciate you listening. If you could, I know you guys hear this every single podcast you listen to. If you could, please take a second, give us a five-star review. Edwin, it really, really does help in the algorithm. But how are you doing, my friend? How's uh, how's your week going? How's your life going?
1: It's going better than the last 10 minutes have gone for our audio-video setup here, huh? I mean, but other than that, it's going hey, well, man. Uh, it's, it's always usually, a good time to be back here.
0: Yeah, it's usually me uh, pushing things back. So I feel a little bit better that you actually had a problem with. So. <laughs>
1: That's actually, I'm like usually down me.
0: six to one. Still, uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure a- that
1: I have an audio video issue literally every every <laughs> week. So, um, I'll get that figured out. Usually, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's good to be back, man, and yeah. um, it's good to come and victory lap our Gabe Davis take and ignore every bad take that we had. And I'm yeah. here to do it. I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. L- listen, I don't have bad takes. I, everyone, I, I, you know, the takes aren't bad. It's just I ran bad. The process is right that's just Correct. how I spin it you know, you know? exactly no yeah. yeah process
1: process over results I mean uh, there's no better way to ignore your bad <laughs> takes than just to go with say that the process over the results uh, even though it's a totally random game one of my mentors who works in like healthcare models he works with healthcare healthcare models and he was looking at some of the data that fantasy analysts use right. and he was like our our models are bad I'll put it that way because oh, football absolutely. is a very random sport and so we're really doing just like kind of guesstimating what's going to happen. And um, I was telling him about how bad some of the models we use are, um, particularly my injury model thing that I try to use every every uh, summer. And he was like, dude, if healthcare had like 80% of what you're using, we would be in like much less debt as a country because of medical expenses. And we, our healthcare would be so much cheaper. So, hey, man, we're doing better than the medical models. Put it that way, which is well, maybe not a great thing.
0: Yeah. that Well, that's a whole separate conversation. That whole model is built to make money off of people. Um, but no, I mean, it's honestly, it speaks to the model that you have. And you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, football is uh, incredibly, incredibly difficult to predict. This is the eighth year. I've been lucky enough to to do this full time. And I have been humbled every single week of those eight years uh in in a new way like it, literally a new way it's it's like the old baseball adage you know if you watch enough baseball you'll see something new and uh basically every game same thing's true for football and Edwin, you're absolutely right at the end of the day if we're right 60 of the time we're doing really well but you know what i gotta say it, damn it gabe davis was gonna hit 100 of the time last week that was uh, that man? was an obvious call that was an obvious call fully off the injury report literally the first play of the game first play of the, like, the slate edwin it was fantastic it was the best way to start my week last week so i had a good week last week
1: man the funny thing is uh and i, I tweeted this out too so okay. i stole ian harditz's helicopter drop down right i made sure to him, and i put him in there but i did the helicopter drop down gabe davis 6 156 and 2 and he ended with something like 3 170 and 2 yep. and so that stupid tweet Got a bunch of traction. Meanwhile, I'm grinding the injury report. I'm grinding wow. injury data and nothing, nothing gets traction. Nobody gives a shit. I'm tweeting now that T Higgins potentially had a high ankle sprain. Nobody gives a shit, but I, I do one helicopter meme. And that's why, that's why Harditz is a master at Twitter. I do <laughs> one helicopter meme tweet and it just goes absolutely bananas. So that's the state of where, where we're at. Graham.
0: Yep. That's twitter.com in a nutshell these days. Any well-researched tweet with, uh, you know, any sort of like nuance or, you know, that's not black and white, um, doesn't do so hot. So I'm sorry. That's just the the name of the game, Edwin. It happens all the time at this point. Uh, Hot takes over research. But you know what? We're going to give out some research here on this show today. And and Edwin, we were talking a little bit beforehand. This is a light week, uh, relatively, especially given the last couple of weeks. Uh, We'll talk through a couple of like looking forward injury situations. But the main ones we need to talk through today are a couple of veterans coming back from Andrews, First and foremost is Jonathan Taylor. He's coming back from this low ankle sprain, was not a high ankle sprain. Uh, missed last week, obviously, on the short week. The Colts only had three and a half you know, uh, days to to prepare for the Broncos. Now he's had 10 full days. And Edwin, we've got great news. JT has been practicing. This week seems like he is on track to return.
1: Yes, we're going to see JT. Not entirely sure we'll see 100% JT but we will see JT nonetheless. That doesn't mean that he's going to take any less work or anything like that. But anytime you're coming back from an ankle sprain and it appears like this is the first time he's actually had a legitimate lateral ankle sprain. The first time you do those, you're less confident as an athlete athletes report. They feel less stable, even if they're physically back. I mean, they really did. They underwent a pretty traumatic event to the tissue in the area and things do change. I mean, you can start living through these ankle sprains, but the first one is is pretty pretty harsh to deal with. Um, so we probably won't see a hundred percent, Jonathan Taylor. But you by by no means you sit him in any leagues. He's active. You're putting him in your starting lineup. I'm trading for him, Graham. I I text you. Um, sometimes the the questions I ask you are laughable. I, I bounce ideas off of you, your <laughs> your your big fantasy football mind, right? Most of them, I don't know what would you say. Would you say maybe I have like a like a seventy percent? Like those are legitimate questions. Like a thirty percent? Why are you asking me this? So I was
0: gonna I was gonna say thirty seven the opposite way. 30,
1: <laughs> there you go. That's fair. <laughs> that's totally fair. I asked you about Jimmy Garoppolo or Justin Fields last night. So I mean, that hey, that's no, those no, are the straight hey, time in. You did listen, get that one right.
0: Yeah, if Jimmy Garoppolo goes for 220 in the touchdown, that's going to look like a freaking home run compared to shit Fields put on the field last
1: night. Well, oh well, man, that entire game is was trash. But, but but the moral story, I asked you, just to confirm because I'm confirming my priors, because yes. Brees Hall has looked awfully good, awfully good the last couple of weeks. He even got a couple of touchdowns boltered, right? So I was trading for Jonathan Taylor, and I text Graham, I said, Graham, Jonathan Taylor or Brees Hall rest of season. And I was bracing myself for a very, a very, um, appropriately, uh, you know, negative response, but you were a professional nonetheless. And you told me that I was an idiot and you said, you need to take breeze hall or I mean, Jonathan Taylor, not breeze hall rest of season. And so I offered a trade, I'm waiting for it to be accepted. I am currently, you know, seeking out the managers, Jonathan Taylor managers who may have started off to a really bad yeah. start. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm putting out feelers for Jonathan Taylor. I think this is a minimal to vol- moderately volatile injury rest of season. I think he's going to push through it. And I think we're going to see, you know, good old Jonathan Taylor here in the next week or two.
0: Yeah. I've seen a couple of trades this week that have definitely, uh, caught my attention too on JT. Um, so I'm with you. I think this is a good time to buy low. Like you said, you know, a lot of JT owners are probably, you know, maybe have one win two wins. So I think you're right. You know, maybe they're getting desperate. Uh, at the same time, I, I don't think we're going to see just for this week, um, for, for lineups this week for DFS betting. I don't think we're going to see JT in his normal role. I think we'll probably see 14, 15, 16 carries, somewhere in that range. But, you know, Colts are two two and two and a half, two to two and a half point favorites, depending on where you look. That's actually been on the rise. Um, that was about one and a half to two on Tuesday. And it seems like the Colts are getting a little bit of steam here. So a uh, pretty gross game overall. Jags Colts has been really low scoring over the last three meetings between these teams. And in general, the Colts have played really uh, really low scoring games in the AFC South since 2020, so I'm not really expecting a ton of scoring in this game. But JT should be back, and like you said, if he's in your lineup, you're playing him. Uh, we'll keep it moving here. T Higgins, you, you mentioned he—you ha- might think he has a high ankle sprain, which is not great. Uh, he tried to play last week against the Ravens, clearly aggra- aggravated the injury, or just could not go. Couldn't give it his uh, could not give it his all. Uh, Higgins hasn't practiced all week. It's looking very unlikely he plays um was did you have video of the the injury or was it something you saw from a beat that made you think it was a high ankle sprain here?
1: Graham, I stared at this video at this film, <laughs> trying to make it visible as yeah. as best I possibly could for way too long, like an hour and a half. but I finally yeah. figured it out, and I was able to see at a different angle it's at the very least it is an e version sprain. I tweeted it out. Uh, earlier this week it is in the fourth quarter i don't know yeah it's in it's in the fourth quarter of, of week four or the third quarter of week four and so he gets taken down uh and his ankle is you know his ankle collapses in they the defender caves it in and that is a classic you know eversion high ankle mechanism that's the same injury that kept him on st brown out And I don't necessarily think that it was necessarily an aggravation when he tried to play in week five. I think he just couldn't go. I think it was just limiting him. Now he was according to Ben baby back out today. He didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday today. He was suited up at the (sighs) walkthrough. I think he's going to give it a go, man. If you're in some shallower leagues and for the record, I'm not entirely certain. He actually goes, I don't know if he'll play, try to do this again. Um, But in shallower leagues, you know, let's say even 10, team leagues so I know some people playing 18 leagues you can probably safely bench T Higgins yep. for somebody else I'm not going to say you know 12 leagues and 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 beyond to do that I'm not going to suggest it and I'm saying be selective right don't throw him out there for like Zay Jones or something but I'm not confident in what T Higgins is going to put out and I haven't looked at his I haven't looked at his prop or anything like that but I'm just not confident that he even plays
0: yeah no props from Higgins this week just because he hasn't been practicing Chase has been like 76 and a half but I'm with you Um, We have Higgins at 46, wide receiver 46, that is, in our projections. And honestly, I I mean, I think you, even in 12-team leagues, I think you probably have someone on your bench, either a running back that you could play in your flex or um, a third receiver you could play over Higgins because, you know, this is a great spot. Saints have not been good at all against boundary receivers this season. Marshawn Lattimore is also hurt, probably not going to play this week. So the spot is great. And I, I like. I wrote this up in Game Hub, Zedwin. Like, I want to go all in on the Bengals here. Um, but the problem is the Saints are in a really tough spot. We'll talk through some of their injuries here in a moment. But, yeah, I'm not playing Higgins this week. Um, and I think that's just really kind of the course I'm taking. In start-set leagues, you most likely have a guy who you can project safely for 10 to, you know, 11 points. And, and, Edwin, I know you threw Zay Jones under the bus just like Ron Rivera threw Carson Wentz under the bus this past week. <laughs> But actually, kind of like Zay Jones and like no! and Gallup and Higgins more. I just, I, you know, I'm with you. I, I just don't know how much Higgins plays this week. So that's that's my main concern.
1: I love, I love that I said a specific guy that you're kind of warming on this week. Like those are the perfect, those are the perfect times to just shoot me down. So please continue to do so.
0: No, no, it's fine. Zay is just healthy now. He's coming off ankle injury himself, so. Um, speaking of guys who can't get healthy, Edwin, I always look forward to, and I know you say injury prone is a lie and you yell at me every single time <laughs> I, uh, I try to say it's not that being said, I always look forward on Monday mornings. Like my Monday morning ritual is, is pretty simple. Like I actually, s- I sleep in a little, I get up around like eight or nine, uh, after the games and, and staying up late on Sunday night. So sleep in a little bit, get my coffee, headed over to RotoWire, um, and, and, you know, check the injury reports. And uh, I always look forward to seeing James Conner's name uh, on the injury report every Monday morning. <laughs> Happens every single week, and now he's got like four injuries. Edwin, you can talk more about him. Uh, the bottom line is Conner's probably not going to play this week. Darrell Williams is also out with a knee injury. The Cardinals have had to sign two running backs um, off the off the street this past week between Tyson Williams and uh, Corey Clement, former Eagle. Um, so it's going to be a lot of Eno Benjamin this this week, but Edwin. You know, what are we looking at with James Conner? I mean, I know he's, he, and I'm being facetious, obviously, but he's played through a, a couple of injuries already this year. And then Darrell Williams has this knee injury. And I think you think it's going to be like a multiple week thing, right?
1: Yeah. So let me start by correcting what you do in your, on your mornings. Cause I, I know what you right. actually do, Graham. Okay. So you wake up in the morning, you yep. pick up your cellular device. And you go to okay. Injury Insights. You go to FantasyPoints.com. <laughs> you log in to your subscription, and you go to Injury Insights. Those are what you read first. Then, right. yes. then you go over to RotoWire, right? And then you read about James Conner. Injury. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Shit. But <laughs> so yeah, the the Cardinals' backfield has been struggling pretty much the entire mm-hmm. season, and by that I mean James uh, James Conner has been struggling most of the NFL season with injuries. Now. Another additional piece that I'd like to mention, because my boss, hilariously enough, also texted me and was like, I thought injury prone was a lie. Why is James Connor injured? Uh, I said, <laughs> haha, very funny. Um, I said something <laughs> smart. Weird. And I was like, and I was like, please don't fire me. I like I like my job, but I'm going to give you some shit back here. Anyway, so <laughs> by the way, he's a Fantasy Points subscriber, just so you all know. People are subscribing all over the place to FantasyPoints.com. So here's the deal. James Connor in my red light tier this summer... He is a guy that just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, He gets banged up. He gets dinged up. He has ankle sprains. He has shoulder things like more than the average running back. And I've been doing this for four years now. I don't like to say that, you know, maybe that the whole idea of injury prone being a lie is that, you know, everyone does get injured. Some guys are more injured, you know, injured more frequently than others. Elijah Mitchell, another guy I'm looking at. But when you look at guys with the ribs injury in particular, so James Conner is looking at potentially a two to three game absence. Of the guys of the players NFL players from 2017 through 2021 who missed time because of a ribs injury, the average was 2.1 games. More frequently than not, they missed just one game, but he is at risk to miss multiple games at this point. Um, and as, in terms of uh, Williams's injury, he looked like he might have had like a bone bruise/ slash PCL. Now his foot wasn't planted, so that that you know might spare his his PCL. But he might have like a Dalton Schultz type injury. At the very least, he's got like a deep bruise because he was ruled out almost immediately. He came up limping. So it's going to be Eno Benjamin's backfield for at least the next week. And just to give another plug, if you have been an injury prone podcast listener over the last five weeks, then you've known to keep Eno Benjamin as a high upside handcuff. So this is your time to reap the rewards. If you haven't, he was still available in one of my leagues last night when I went to pick him up. So definitely go get Eno Benjamin.
0: Sharp. Yeah. Um, I've been writing up Eno as a stash for uh for my weekend advantage column too, Edwin, uh, which is like a I do like a waiver wire kind of look through for the weekend. So I'm I've been with you on that. I've got Eno in a few spots. I'm not really playing him in a bunch of spots uh because uh humble brag, I've, I've got some pretty sick teams right now. But Eno really is a good play this weekend. Uh props have been really strong on him. I think he's at 53 and a half, fifty-four and a half rushing yards. Our receiving is around 23 and a half, 24 and a half, which is really good for a back. I mean, I think Barkley's at the top this week at like 26, 27, something. Later. Yeah, he is. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, boy. Um, by the way, I love that your boss trolls you. Uh, about your, <laughs> your take that no one is injury prone. Um, uh, you know, pour one out for your boy Rashad Penny, too. Um, oh man. That's, I'm, I'm I, you, digging you the knife man. even deeper. You are.
1: You are. He was finally, and you know, here's the thing we were worried about like soft tissue things for him. I nope, know, just another catastrophic so season-ended injury.
0: injury. Oh, Dude, he man. got so unlucky. The poor, I mean, really seriously. I think.
1: And, and you know what sucks so the most, unlucky. Graham? Yeah. He just just the week before, like leading up to week five, <laughs> he was in an interview at the podium, and he was just like gushing gratitude. He was, you know giving credit to his offensive line. He was talking about how grateful he was to be out on the field. You fucking hate and sorry, bleep out. I don't know what number, what minute are we at? 16. You hate when guys like that go down and you hate when anybody goes down, but especially right when that stuff happens, man, that's like, that's the worst time anyway. that's that's kind of, yeah,
0: right. no, it's, it's a gut punch. I feel, I feel really bad for Penny, man. And he, he had been playing so well. Um, Obviously, you know, ended, ended last season incredibly well, but he was running very, very well this season. Looked like the same guy. Uh, offense was just a little bit different, so he wasn't, in, you know, all the volume he was last year. But yeah, you, you hate to see it with Penny. Uh, Ken Walker, man, fantastic play for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, yards created favorite, and um, there's no one else right now. They got Travis Homer on IR as well. He can't come back until week seven, so it's it's really just Walker and DJ Dallas. Um, Edwin, we'll keep it moving here. We got to talk through these saints, man. I mean, they are in a really, really tough spot. Michael Thomas is still not practicing with his, uh, toe foot, whatever he's dealing with. I'll let you go into to, to more Michael Thomas. Cause I feel like we've talked about him for the last three or four weeks. Uh, Chris Olave is still in concussion protocol. And I, I, you know, Edwin and I were talking about this before. Like, you know, these concussion, these concussions, man, like we really don't know. Um, so we're going to kind of leave Olave to the side, but Jarvis Landry's, uh, also hurt, hasn't practiced all week. And Jameis Winston is still uh, not looking likely to play with the, the multitude of injuries he's, he's dealing with, back injury. Uh, I think he's got another injury too. But, Edwin, these Saints are in a really, really tough spot. So right now it looks like we're going to see Andy Dalton with Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway as their top receivers because Landry, Thomas, and Olave are very, very iffy to play this week.
1: Yeah, so the thing about Michael Thomas is really interesting too. Usually usually Adam Schefter doesn't miss. He reported last Sunday that, yeah, I saw that, that yeah, that we would expect to see Michael Thomas. But to this point, Michael Thomas has not practiced. Uh, when you look at these toe, and of course we're assuming toe, because like I mentioned last week, that was the initial report from Ian Rappaport that it was a toe injury. And then the saints changed it to a foot injury. It's probably just trying to be a little bit more veiled and trying to hide a little bit. Just, I don't know what they think they get out of that, but, now, nonetheless, so I, and this is over at Injury Insights too. It's like for context, five out of nine skill players from 2020 through 2021 with a toe injury missed no more than two games. Um, this will be Thomas's second straight missed games. So at this point, he's probably hovering right at that midline, the median for these to- turf toe injuries is 28 days. I know I keep saying this, but no IR and the fact that he's already gonna, going on to miss three games, you would assume that by the fourth week, right? So that would be week seven. We would have him back. Um, I don't see the point in New Orleans not putting him on IR if he's going to continue to miss, you know, four games, three, four, four or five games. So hopefully we get Michael Thomas back uh, this week. You know, you know, if he if he's a surprise practice today, which I haven't necessarily seen. uh, But yeah, hopefully we have Michael Thomas back by week seven. And at that point, we can dive a little further into what their performance looks like.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. For the record,
1: for the record. Right. I don't know what you've seen. Maybe you've seen a report that I haven't, but Jameis has actually been limited this week. And I don't know if, you, I don't know what you think, maybe he's going to give it a go or they're going to continue to rest him up. I think it would make sense to continue to rest him. But I, again, I haven't seen any reports on what they're planning to do. And he has been back out there.
0: Yeah. Um, ankle injury is the, the other thing he's been playing, uh, playing through, I, I, you know, it's, it's tricky, man, because like certain teams limited means like they're actually truly, you know, out there and, practicing but we're just a little limited and and then there's other things other times where it's like you know you have players coming off injuries and they're barely doing anything like the Patriots with Mac Jones like you know Mac's been limited for two weeks but we have no idea what that actually means I think it's the same case with with, with Jameis here and, and honestly I, I mentioned this to you last week I mean Andy Dalton's playing well enough uh to to you know maybe keep this job I know that sounds crazy uh, especially with where we were at coming in uh coming to the season with Jamis, but I mean. I know he's playing hurt, but he was not playing well. Uh, and Dalton has kept him on schedule. But, yeah, the Saints are going to be in a really, really tough spot here with, with all their skill, guys. For Edwin. We'll keep it moving here, man. Uh, talk through Kyle Pitts. Um, it has been a rough oh, season, God. to say the least, we for have Kyle Pitts. Uh, not only is he battling Marcus Mariota in some really bad quarterback play, some questionable decisions from his coaches in terms of, of usage. Uh, now he's coming back from a hamstring injury. Uh, Edwin, the the Falcons are playing the 49ers this week, uh, who, in my opinion, are the best defense in the league right now, not only against the run and pass, but they have a great pass rush. Really tough spot for Falcons offense. Um, It'll be a tough spot for Kyle Pitts again. But uh, what do you think he will, in terms of effectiveness, where do you think uh, Pitts will be at this week?
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to be fully healthy. I think that he's young enough that he's going to bounce back from this Hamstring injury, and I think he'll be fine. There tends to be about a twenty percent drop off in the first week back from a hamstring injury, and the re-injury rates are also at, you know, at their highest point. Graham, this might be one of those seventy percent dumb questions that I ask you, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you as we're (laughs) recording, (laughs) because I have the option, as it stands, to start Kyle Pitts again, facing potential re-injury, limited all week in practice. You know, those are boomer bust, or I can start. David Njoku, and I have more stats for you that I, that make me nervous. But I want you to just tell me the baseline there.
0: I mean, I would start Njoku over Pitts, even if Pitts were 100 healthy. To be honest with you,
1: we're at that um, point. Are we yeah. at that point,
0: dude? I mean, yeah. Marcus
1: I get Mariot- so scared to okay, do that. I, I, t-
0: I tweeted this out, Edwin. You clearly, cl- you clearly don't follow me. I mean, <laughs> I think that's that's the more over, more over <laughs> the point. Marcus Mariota is averaging 22 and a half pass attempts per game over his last four Edwin it's it's this is a Justin Fields offense like Kyle Pitts is awesome incredible talent but I mean this this offense is dead for fantasy man. like it's over like this is not it's not happening this year and maybe so so, maybe Desmond Ritter gives them a little bit like uh, of juice but I I think Mariota is going to be the starter through week eight like there's been no indication that they're going to bench Mariota
1: well here's then what's your defense for Drake London what's that What's your defense for Drake, Drake London, if that's the case? Same thing.
0: No, he's in the same boat, man. Like, they're both fringe starters. You know, like, London, receiver three, Pitts, low end, low end, tight end one, like, extreme low end. Like, he's he's in that bucket where – I say this every week on the Cashing Points DFS show, right? Like, there's a bucket of four or five players, uh, four or five tight ends every single week that we can project for, like, three and a half catches in 33, 35 yards. Like, Kyle Pitts is in that bucket. And that's – it's no it's nothing against Kyle Pitts as a player or anything like that. It's just where we're at with this offense, man. I mean, Falcons are very run heavy. Marcus Mariota stinks. Like, it's it's not happening this year. I'm that's sorry. fair. No, that's fair. <laughs> no, I like I feel like I have to be the the bearer of bad news all the time with Kyle Pitts. And I I, <laughs> I, I like am so negative about the guy, and I feel so, I feel shitty about it in the back of my mind, but it's like I, I feel like I'm the only one not taking crazy pills with him.
1: No, no, no. I think most people <laughs> are just like disappointed. Obviously, I think that it's been further on the spectrum of more disappointed than we could have expected for yeah, a guy like know, Kyle Pitts yeah. than, than we would have liked. But in terms of the hamstring, this is, these are the stats that I want to give you. This is from a sample of 20, from 2016 to 2019, skill players only. And I'm here we go. So as it relates to the first game back from hamstring strains for these skill players, um, it is a whopping 58% of them reach from zero to 69% of their scoring, right? So basically more than half. So it's, so you can look at, think of it as, as the 60, 60% of guys in their first week back from a hamstring strain, don't quite reach 69% of their offensive production. Here's right. the kicker. 0% in that sample, zero guys were, were between 70 and 88% of their production. And then 42% were 89% plus. So in other words, worded differently in layman's terms for a podcast, these guys were boomer bust in the first week back from a hamstring strain. Kyle Pitts is either going to go to the moon, which you're just saying with the San Francisco defense is unlikely anyway, or he's going to totally tank and score less than 69% of the his, of his seasonal average, which is already low. So that's where I'm at. And I, I'm going to take your counsel. I think I'm going to go with David and Joe
0: Yep. No, that, that makes sense. And that's a great stat. Um, about hammies in particular. I mean, you know, I I know I'm joking and stuff about Pitts, but like Njoku has finished as a top 12 tight end in three straight games. Like Kyle Pitts has never done that in his life. Like, (laughs) you know, like... It's
1: unbelievable. It's unbelievable.
0: I I just, I'm just saying, man, like, you know, you know, fantasy and kind of like, uh, you know, just thinking of these players and, and sort of like what we want them to be versus what they actually are. Like Kyle Pitts has been... The the biggest case study in my life of this, of people just going crazy for the guy, man. But hey, uh, what what are you gonna do? Yeah, tough tough week here for Kyle Pitts. Right now, I was pulling it up and I lost my spot, so forgive me, guys. Uh, right now, we have Kyle Pitts at tight end nine, uh, David Joku at tight end seven. So we've we've actually got Pitts uh, behind Taysom Hill, uh, who we're basically just projecting for touchdowns. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's you know, Pitts, Knox, Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, Irv Smith. Like, that's the range, man. That's where Kyle Pitts is at now. Um, all right. Adam, we'll keep it moving. Rashad Bateman is dealing with this foot injury. He's not going to play this week. Uh, did not practice again today. I just saw a tweet come across my phone. Um, yeah, Rashad Bateman out this week. You were saying all along this is going to be a multi-week injury. And once again, cap tip to you. Take a bow. You were right. Rashad Bateman won't play this week. Um, Devin DuVernay was the team's top target last week, and, and DuVernay's been pretty good this year, man. Like, you know, they're... He has been. Running, he has been. they running a bunch of 12 personnel, so, you know, we'll see Isaiah likely uh, quite a bit this week.
1: DuVernay's kind of been like Rashad Bateman light, has he?
0: Yeah, but I was going to say, man, I think if you're in a pinch this week and, you know, you need a receiver, uh, DuVernay is, is, a, is a pretty strong play.
1: Yeah, I have I have really nothing to add to that. I think that um, from a statistical standpoint, this very similar logic applies to Rashad Bateman with his foot issue. Uh, he's probably going to be out. I initially said it's somewhere between like twenty one, twenty four, and and thirty six days. So I think that three or four week mark is going to be what we're looking at with with Rashad Bateman at this point. You don't you right. hope they don't throw him on the IR or anything like that, but hopefully we get him here in, in the next week or two. Uh, back to relatively full health. This this is just yeah. It's it's not not great for for Rashad Bateman. I know before he had this injury, you were already saying how his numbers weren't great, his peripherals weren't weren't looking good. And I don't know what you think at this point, but I think it's just going to be the Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson show at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it probably was going to be the Lamar and Mark Andrews show all season anyway, regardless of, of Bateman staying healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bateman was sixty five seventy percent uh, route share. Uh, so that's, um, routes divided by team pass plays, uh, to start the season. I'm, I'm not buying Bateman. I don't think this is a spot where you buy the dip on, on injuries. And I, this sucks to say, cause like, I loved Rashad Bateman coming into this year. Like I drafted him a bunch, but, uh, between being a part, not part-time player, but not a full-time player. And now this injury mid season, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. For Bateman, two things I was going to mention here, Evan, before we move on, Um, DuVernay last week did not leave the team in routes. It was actually Demarcus Robinson. They both were around 62 to 63%, uh, which just goes to say, uh, yeah. Neither of these guys are full-time players. Uh, I was also going to mention the Ravens don't have their buy coming up soon. They don't have their buy until week 10. So we could be dealing with a situation here where Bateman comes back in like week 7, 8. Like Edwin's been saying, he's still not 100% uh, until week 11. So uh, just another kind of thing to keep in your mind, uh, in the back of your mind, if you're uh, thinking about trading for Rashad Bateman or if you have him on your team's like I do, Edwin, uh, Dak Prescott. I I, got, I, I just, we've been talking for, for thirty minutes and haven't even mentioned Dak. It's just laughable at this point what the Cowboys do <laughs> with, with in the media when it comes to their injured players. They're saying, "Oh, Dak's got a chance this week." Does he? Does the dude still can't grip a football, guys? How how is he going to play? Uh, it's is it's unbelievable. We're going to see Cooper Rush this week, and I think we're going to see Cooper next week as well. This is always going to be a sixth week. A six to eight week injury, Edwin, like you've been saying. Um, Dak is not going to play here. Realistically, regardless of what Jebra or Stephen Jones has to say, <laughs> where do we think Dak's going to come back? Because Dallas has their bye in week nine. Uh, they play the Bears in week eight at home against Chicago. Um, man, like I, I got to think that, you know, they might want to get Dak back for week eight, but they could probably take care of the Bears with Cooper Rush give Dak an extra week and we might see him in week 10. Where where are you at with Dak and his timeline and uh realistically when can we see him next?
1: Given the Cowboys roster, the first pass catcher in the modern era, the first I want to say player in the modern era and modern era I, I consider like 2010 and beyond who has came back prior to 8 months post-op ACL and a guy who in Dalton Schultz who clearly had a at least a grade 2 pcl injury who came back after one week as well and the fact that yesterday there's this report and i wish i could remember who it was from and i hate when i do this but i forgot who it was dak was scheduled to do x amount of work he was able to do a lot and so they actually just rolled him into individual drills and then he was sore this morning lo and behold this is a very like all jokes aside like jerry is jerry jones this all jokes aside, this is a very aggressive medical team. Now, whether it's coming from pressure above, you know, Jerry Jones or not, I don't know. I've joked before that I have nothing but empathy for the med- the medical team for the Dallas Cowboys because I-, I can't imagine living in that constant pressure of having to get guys back when Jerry right. wants them. Yeah. I don't think they wait till the bye. I do think they throw them out there, throw Dak out there as early as next week. I don't think he's going to look great. Uh, he's going to be dealing with this at least over the next several weeks, even when he does come back. But I do think that their goal, I can see this just as like from a a front office medical discussion. I can see how they looked at this three four weeks ago and they said, all right, the goal is to get him back before the bye. And so I would not be shocked if we see Deck out there prior to that.
0: Yeah, I just mentioned the bye as like a, a you know demarcation point because you look at their schedule after the bye. I mean, they play the Packers, Vikings, and Giants. I mean, that's probably going to determine a lot of playoff hopes for all all of those teams. You know, Cowboys have run hot here. They're four and one uh, with Rush under center. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from this team. They they've played exceptionally well given the circumstances, especially on defense. I mean, Mike Parsons is unfreaking believable, man. But I'm just saying from a common sense logic standpoint, Edwin, it would make sense to keep this going. And I mean, you pro- you play the Lions and Bears next, you got to think you're going to pick up a win at least one of those two games, especially against Justin Fields. Uh and this uh, you know, going up against Micah Parsons, but I I'll I'll uh I'll digress here uh and and just say that common sense and logic has not not really applied to this Cowboys team for quite some time. So <laughs> That's very true. You're probably right. We'll probably see Dak uh, week seven or week eight, and then uh, full 100%. Just hopefully, he does not get any setbacks by week 10. I think Dak is actually a really good buy low right now just because of this offense is. Oh, I agree. 100%. It's teaming, man. it's that They could definitely break out in the back half of this year. Uh, Edwin, a couple of notes here before we get out of here. Keenan Allen uh, is playing on Monday Night Football this week. He's still dealing with that hamstring injury. I have no idea. I mean, at this point, I don't, I don't think either of us do. He's going to be back, so just really uh, this weekend, we'll see on Saturday and Sunday morning. Hopefully, we'll get something firm, but uh, yeah, just want to mention Keenan. Uh, and before we get out of here, we got to talk through two Lions, Edwin and uh, a Raider. Uh, both, both obviously, Lions and Raiders are out on bye this week, but Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Deandre Swift are tentatively expected back in week seven. Obviously, St. Brown played through an ankle injury last week, didn't do so hot. Deandre Swift has been out for the last two weeks with a shoulder injury, but. We should get both back in week seven, right?
1: Yes, we assume based on what Dan Campbell's told us, and based on where Moner St. Brown presumably was in his rehab, that we'll get them both back after week seven. I was trying to acquire Moner St. Brown prior to the injury. Injury hit. This just always makes me really nervous. These high ankle sprains, man they're they're serious. Like they're one of the few injuries that I don't recommend trading for uh, in terms of buying low. So it makes me nervous for Monron. makes me nervous for T Higgins. Like if you have them, I'm not saying get rid of them. You just got to hold at this point and hope and pray that it doesn't turn into, you know, a Michael Thomas situation, which is of course like the floor. That's not the most likely thing to happen, but these high ankles, they definitely tend to linger. They don't go away, you know, as quickly as we see guys, they definitely return to play before the tissue healing has really ended. So they're, they're hobbled for some of the year and, well, you know, you hope of, you hope that for a the volume makes up for it in terms of Deandre Swift. I honestly have no idea what injury he had. I watched every snap of that game and I could not pinpoint one particular instance that he was injured and, and hurt a shoulder. There are like one or two plays where it may have been something, uh, but we assume that it's a recurrence of that AC sprain, which again, isn't necessarily that common. So as long as he, is you know back and 100 percent, they let that tissue heal we should see him back um with an elevated risk of recurrence um, i think deandre swift is a bit of a risky again i know that you're sort of your windows are closing here if you're in a regular season you know a regular fantasy football season but if you want a high risk guy that could actually lead to some you know good variance on your team with some potential high upside i think deandre swift is a guy to target at this point
0: yes sir yeah i mean you know you are crossing fingers and toes over here edwin that swift can stay healthy but man, I, I mean, this Lions offense is, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it, Scott has mentioned this a couple of times. They're kind of like the saints of the old, where they have this really great offense and a horrible defense and half their games are played in the dome. Like, I, I just think this, this Lions offense in general, and that includes St. Brown, obviously too, just has so much upside and you look at their schedule. I mean, they get Cowboys, Dolphins, Packers right out of the gates, three good offense that should press them. They got a couple good matchups between the bears and giants coming up. and they have another shootout game in the bills. Like, man, that this is, that this is an offense that I want to be buying right now. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing. So hopefully we get Deandre Swift back this coming week. Edwin uh, last note, before we get out of here, Darren Waller picked up a hamstring injury this past week. And I don't, is this the same injury he had during training camp that caused him to basically not practice in August? Do, you, do we know this?
1: We don't know for a fact, just like okay. we don't know that Damien Harris's was a, uh, a recurrence. Right. But we okay. we kind of assume uh, when they when it's another injury, they typically come out and they say, hey, this was the other side, sort of like with Kadarius Tony. But yeah, with Waller, we assume this is a recurrence. I mean, he's on the older side, right, of the, of the tight ends that we don't necessarily want to see in the preseason. He was basically the only red light guy that I was shying away from. He's been on the injury report quite a bit. He is aging, I think, at this point. I would be surprised if we see him after the bye. I think they're going to give him a little bit more time or he's going to just need more time to heal from the soft tissue injury. Uh, He's just not a guy that I'm really excited about. I'm not targeting him in any sort of like buy low situations. He's just, yeah, man, I wouldn't be shocked if he misses the game after the bye too.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, Waller is uh, somebody I shied away from in all of my leagues. I really shied away from all of the tight ends that went in the first five rounds besides Kelsey. I uh, took some big wins there, but obviously, obviously missed a big one with Andrews. Um, but, yeah, when I, I'm not buying low at all on Waller at this point. I think if you if you were buying low on anybody in this offense, it'd be Hunter Renfro. Uh, he's just run super cold to start the season. Obviously, Raiders have a bye. Then he missed a couple games with the concussion, uh, including the early bye. Just just been a rough start for Renfro. Uh, so if Waller misses time, if you're in PPR, you need to, you know, Wide receiver three, wide receiver four depth. I think Renfro's the buy low here. Uh, but Edwin, this has been fantastic, man. Once again, uh, we got this done in under 40 minutes. That's why you and I both get paid the medium-sized bucks, my friend. Uh, this has been great, man. Uh, as I, I always, do want to
1: add, Graham. Can, can yes. I add one thing? So sure. last last week, we gave the listeners uh, Gabe Davis. Now, yes. can I give more of a season-long guy? Very quickly. Sure. briefly? Okay. And we haven't talked about this. Maybe maybe, you, maybe you'll maybe you disagree. Yeah. Chris Godwin this week, he just turned nine months. His ACL just turned nine months. That is around the time you start to see guys ramping up, especially in that, between that nine and 10 month mark, you're going I think you're going to start seeing Chris Godwin ramp up. Here's some stats, some data uh, of Chris Godwin over the last four weeks. And then over, of course the last year. So in 2021, he played 96% of snaps his average. And this year he's only averaged uh, 91% of snaps in 2021. He averaged a route on 92% of snaps. Uh, and in I'm sorry, he averaged 92% of snaps in 2021. And he hasn't qu- quite crossed that plane in 2022. And he only played 83% of snaps. This is a lot of snap numbers, right? I'll, I'll summarize at the end. He played 83% of snaps in week four, 52% of snaps in week five. Moral of the story, he still scored 12 PPR points. He was tied for third in targets on the team. I think you're going to start seeing a slow uptick. In Chris Godwin's numbers and his usage, his yards mm-hmm. uh, per route run, I think you're, I think you're going to see are going to go up. I think his just routes, his snaps in general are going to go up, and he's going to go to the moon. I think Chris Godwin is a guy that everybody listening should target uh, this year. If you are again down bad, if you've only won one or two games, you should target Chris Godwin.
0: Nice, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there. I saw a report from Bucks, uh, great Bucks beat writer Greg Allman who said last week that, you know, the, the Bucks got up last week by a couple scores and then we're just kind of taking it easy with Godwin. And honestly, I think that was it's kind of the wrong call uh, looking back on it. I mean, they let the Falcons back in that game, but regardless, I think some of it was just load management for Godwin. And you're right. I mean, this is a playoff team still. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're still thinking about where they want Godwin to be in week 15, you know, not exactly.
1: Really Godwin, I'm, it's I'm co- correct. with was something I said. So, this year, he's only run a route on ninety-one percent of his snaps, but in twenty twenty-one, that number was ninety-six percent. So obviously, ninety-one percent still good, but he still hasn't reached his average. So I think we're going to see Chris Godwin on the upward trend, and I think this offense in general is going to be a lot better. So go go get Chris Godwin.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm 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 with you. I'm I'm buying bucks pass offense for sure. Pass rates coming up. Uh, they got Donovan Smith back, so yeah, I think I think Brady's going to make a push here. But Edwin, great work as always, my man. Um, appreciate your time as always. If you if you guys don't, uh, in all seriousness, Edwin's injury insights are the best, uh, the best injury news on the uh, the, the face of the the, the earth here. Uh, great fantasy football nuggets all the time, and, and Edwin's constantly updating the stuff in real time. So please do go check out injury insights and, and check out his podcast too, the Injury Prone podcast. You can uh, subscribe to it on Apple iTunes. You can subscribe on Spotify wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys, thanks for listening. We will be back for week seven next week. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at fantasypoints.com.